Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Well, let's have a seat. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm excited this morning. Are you excited? Glory, glory to God. Yes, somebody say, well, Pastor, what are you excited about? I'm just excited. Glory to God. Because God is good. He's amazingly good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. I thank you because the Holy Ghost lives big on my inside and grants me utterance. I pray for the manifestation and the free flow of the gifts of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray that light and understanding will come in your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. That amen, what should I say? Like Amen like thunder, right? That's what they say. So do amen like thunder. No, just do amen. Don't make it like thunder. Just say amen. Say amen. amen. That's better. That's like lightning. It's not like thunder yet. Okay. We want to look at worry-free living. Or anxiety-free living. Or stress-free living. Whatever topic you choose. But I'll choose anxiety-free living. Worry-free living or anxiety-free living or stress-free living. Everybody say stress-free living. Or say anxiety-free living. Or say worry-free living. Is it possible for humans to live stress-free? Is it possible for humans to live anxiety-free? Is it possible for humans to live worry-free? You know, some people say, no, we're human beings. We can't live worry-free. There's always a cost to worry in this world. As far as we're in this world, we'll have to worry. And for some people, even if they don't, have anything to worry about. They are worried that they don't have anything to worry about. Like, I haven't worried in the last two months. I'm worried. But we're not human beings. We're spirit beings having a human experience. When we became born again, the Spirit of God took residence in us. We are joined to the Lord. And the Bible says we are one spirit. We are now the temple of the living God. We're not just ordinary human beings. And we need to renew our mind concerning this fact. That we are bona fide, authorized, legal children of God and sons of God on the earth. And what that means is this. If a dog will give birth, what will the dog give birth to? A dog. If a goat will give birth, what will a goat give birth to? A goat. If you're not sure, just say goat. You'll be correct. Alright? So, if, if, if a goat gives birth, what will a goat give birth to? Say goat. That's the answer. Say it. Okay. If a horse gives birth, any animal I mention, just mention the animal. You'll be correct. If a horse gives birth, what will a horse give birth to? Horse. If a lion gives birth, what will, what will the lion give birth to? Lion. It might be a small lion. But everything that makes up the big lion is in the small lion. It's got, it's got the nature. Right. It can roar like a lion. The roar might not be very loud, but it can actually roar. What makes the lion roar is on the inside. So if God will have to give birth to children, what will God give birth to? Okay. Just say the first thing I say, you'll be correct. What will God give birth to? I know somehow it's, it's a bit... Yeah, I know your mind is struggling now. Because no, no, I can't be. I can't be. I need a destiny helper. I can't be God. <laughs> but that's exactly who you are. He called them gods to whom the word came. John chapter 1, verse 11, 12, and 13. He came to his own and they did not receive him. But as many as received him, he gave Power, that word power there in the Greek is uh, exousia. He gave the legal right to become the sons of God. 
Not born after the will of man. Not after the flesh. Not after blood. But of God. We've got to renew our mind like this. If we think of ourselves like this, we can see the possibility of a worry-free life. I mean, imagine you go and meet God and you just meet God like this. And say, God, what's the issue? Say, I'm just thinking. Things are tough. <laughs> I mean, you need to change God's. We need to see ourselves that we are divine beings. We are spirit beings. The seed of God is on our inside. You know, when the Jews wanted to kill Jesus, they didn't kill him for anything. I mean, they took up stones to stone Jesus. They said, why are you stoning me? Is it for the miracles? They said, no, we don't care about the miracles you're performing. He says, but you being man, making yourself God, is why we want to kill you. And he says, no, but it is written in your book. It is written in the scriptures. He called them gods to whom the word came. We need to realize this again. It will change the way you pray. It will change the way you see yourself. If a prince were to walk into this place today, things are going to change. The way he walks. I know most of you, the concept of a prince you have is African magic where a prince wants to marry a village girl and then, you know, things they act all the time. So you now have the prince running into the bush to find the girl. So that's your concept of a prince. <laughs> but you know, when the prince walks into a place, the way he walks differs. You know why? He knows he's the son of a king. When he talks, he talks differently. Are you following this? His sense of royalty pervades everything he does. Even when he dresses, he dresses differently. If you know who you are in Christ, it will change everything about you. It will change the way you talk. And we're not just calling ourselves princes. No, we, that's who the scripture says. The Bible says we're royal priesthood, we're a holy nation. We are a chosen generation. That means there is something unique about us. Hallelujah. We're not just human beings. Wandering around the earth, waiting. One day, and, you know, and that's what affects Christians. Everybody's just waiting. Oh, you know, one day we're going to live here and all this suffering will pass away. And all these things will pass. And, and they, they are barely trudging through earth. And that's not the picture that God has in mind. The picture that God has in mind for His people is a picture of dominion, of rulership, of kingship, of absolute authority in the earth realm over every sickness and disease. That's the picture God has had. And if we start seeing ourselves like this, we will start seeing ourselves being able to do what the scripture tells us to do. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. Go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 1. Philippians chapter 4 verse 1. Interestingly, this letter was written from prison. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown. So Paul calls uh, the saints in Philippi his crown. Glory to God. He calls them his crown. And we must understand Bible language. Because you know, some of us have the concept, it's all, well, when you win souls to Christ, there are going to be stars in your crown. And he says, some of us are going to have big crowns with many stars, and some of you are going to have crowns without stars. But he called these people his crown. <laughs> in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Number two, I urge are you there? And I urge Sintiki to live in harmony in the Lord. I mean, imagine writing a letter to a church and pointing out two sisters and telling them, hey, you guys should live in harmony. <laughs> I wonder why you're only referring to sisters. You know, I mean, I love, I love, I love you ladies. Nothing, nothing against you. Everything for you. But you know, when we're in school, you could get four boys Six boys living in the same house. I mean, if they even had a bit of quarrel, they settled in the afternoon. 
quarried in the morning, settled in the afternoon. They were all eating together in the evening. But you got ladies always changing roommates. Hey, I hope nobody's name is Cynthia here. I'm just for example. Hey, what about Cynthia? Oh, Cynthia. Oh. I've left that place. <laughs> okay. Next semester, room, next roommate is Joanna. What about Joanna? <laughs> Let's not even go there. I don't stay there anymore. You know, people say, well, let's go back to the old church. That old church. Before they spoiled it. The main church. But this is the main church. Telling them to settle their differences. Can I tell you something? You never find a perfect church. You just have to find a church where God has called you to be in. If you know God wants you here, be here. If you know God doesn't want you here, don't come back next Sunday. And I'm serious about that. I'm very serious. If you, if you, I mean, if the Lord tells you this is not the church you should go to, get out. I said it low so that it will not sound harsh. But you don't have to be here. But if the Lord wants you here, then you stay here. And if you have a difference, sort it out. Because it is those that are planted in the house of the Lord that shall flourish where? In the court of our God. You don't get many badges by changing churches every month. You know, I went to that church. I look around. Something, something just tell me. If something keeps telling you something is going to drive you away, even from the place you should be. Okay. Three. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggles in the cause of the gospel together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Woo! You know, and our concept of the book of life. I'm going to spend some months to teach, teach on the book of Revelation. And I'm really looking forward to that time. You know, our concept of the book of life, because of the dramas we've watched, is there's a big book. You look at your name. What's your name? Jumbo Genesis. Okay, let's go to J. Jumbo. Hell. <laughs> And you know, some people say, you know, we will not know. You know, people even say that. On the last day, you don't know if you will make it. I don't know if I would make it. Well, just keep that example to yourself. I will make it. I will make it is not even a good statement. I have made it. On the last day, ha, heaven will surprise us. No, my surprise you, not me. How did Paul know that these people's names are in the book of life? So it means the book of life is not a mystery. If your name is there, you know. Moses said, wipe my name out of the book of life. How did Moses know his name was there? I mean, this guy was praying and said, take my name out of your book. Look at his prayer request. <laughs> Erase my name out of your book. I mean, just imagine logically seven billion people, all their names in one. I mean, some of you, by the time they look for your name, say, just send me anywhere you want to send me. I'm tired of waiting on the queue. We need to revisit these things we've been taught. They are not consistent with scriptures. The book of life is Jesus. If you are in Christ, your name is in the book of life. You are a citizen of heaven. You are not trying to make heaven. Okay, let me just throw small tea in there that will make you think. You know, people say, you know, the coming of the Lord will be like the days of Noah. It will be like the days of Noah. God will come like a thief. It will be like the days of Noah. Just like the days of Noah. Simple question. In the days of Noah, who was taken? The evil ones. Who was left? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. This is not a trick question. In the days of Noah, who was killed? Who was left? Okay. You see, you are stuck right now. Simple question. You are stuck. Because your whole theology is built on the day of Noah. And your pastors didn't read the Bible properly to tell you that it was Noah that was actually left. Okay. Philippians chapter 4. Indeed, true companion. So if I, pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying read your Bible. Go read it again. Because some of these things we teach them because we've heard them, but we've not studied them. We were designed. From day one to have dominion on the earth. That's God's plan. Genesis 1 
26 to 28. This earth belongs to the sons of God. It's our father's world. It's our father's earth. We're not living here for the Antichrist. We govern. We rule. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know some of you have already packed your bags. Unpack. There's work to be done. The whole creation is waiting for the manifestation. The word manifestation is the Greek word apocalypsis. Is waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. Because creation is the way it is because man fell. For creation to be restored to the way it was from the beginning, man needs to be restored. If man is restored back to that place where God created him to be, creation will automatically be restored. So you see, we have a lot of job to do. Praise God. We'll explore some of those things later. That's just bonus. Number four, verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Imagine a man writing from prison and telling people outside to rejoice. Come on, how many times did he say we should rejoice? I didn't hear that church. How many times did he say we should rejoice? Woo! I mean, some of us can hardly rejoice one week. There's always something to tamper our joy. And sometimes you look at the things that tamper our joy, just very little things. Some of our beautiful ladies is just looking for your earrings. Where's my purple earring? Where's my purple earring? I have to wear purple. <laughs> you know the funny thing when you're married? It's when your wife finally finds that purple earring. And you're like, finally now, can we go? And she stands in front of the mirror. I'm like, uh, I don't really like this purple. You will like it. After all the hassles. For our brother, sometimes it's your belt. Sometimes it's your wristwatch. And just that one thing will spoil the whole day. And Paul says, rejoice. I say, rejoice. Again, I say to you, rejoice. So it means rejoicing is an act of your will. is an act of your faith. Hallelujah. You can choose to rejoice. All the time, it is possible. And that's why I started the way I started. I started by saying you're a spirit being. And being conscious of that can make you say, you know what? I can rejoice all the days of my life. I can spend time rejoicing. You know, reading this scripture, I think about Joseph. And Joseph was in prison for the wrong reason. And you know what happened? He was asking the prisoners, why are you sad? I mean, if anybody should be sad, it should be Joseph. Come on, what do you think? Yeah, it should be Joseph. The guy was lied against. Was lied against. Was sold by his brothers. I mean, I know, I mean, if, if some of us were Joseph, when we saw Joseph brothers, <laughs> you, you first of all dance. I said, I, these people will die today. Out of hunger. Ah, no, 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 no. It's not even prayer point. Now God has put me in a position to answer their prayer. Say, what are they? Don't give them food. Tell them. You're, you're like, go and ask them. Did you sell anybody? Ask them that question. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how even in the Old Testament, people could walk so much in love. And in the New Testament, it's a struggle. We want to bury people. I release thunder upon you. Seven thunders. You know, and people do all kinds of funny things, right? Like, I'm going to be naked and pray for you at 12 o'clock. Are you a juju person? I'm going to do dry fasting and release causes upon you. You will know. <laughs> Don't do that. It's childish behavior. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's childish. Don't do that. It's childish behavior. In my life, I've never cursed people. And people have wronged me. But there's something I understand. The anointing of my life can work for you positively or negatively based on your reaction to me. I don't determine that. The anointing determines that. And I learned it very early. I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who curse you. You don't need to force it. Just, just live your life. Make sure you are working in love and in honor. The anointing will sort things out for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All those getting up at midnight to release curses. Stop it. Is, is the height of immaturity sleep. If you sleep, you'll be better off. You see, bitter water and sweet water cannot flow out of the same spring. Make sure your spring always comes out with sweet water. Every word you say, let it be seasoned with grace. Praise the name of the Lord. So he says, rejoice. 
So this joy he's talking about is not just joy from temporary circumstances. We're talking about the anxiety-free life, the worry-free life. Living a life that's worry-free. Some people can be worry, worrying warriors. They worry about everything. Worry about the child. Worry about this. Worry about that. Worry about this. And even scientists have proven that those emotions are toxic to our mind. They are toxic to our system. That's why some, some, some people have sicknesses that are almost incurable. Because the tablets you're buying is not the cure. Are you following what I'm saying? Oh, your belly is tied up in knots of hot malice anger. You know, have you... I mean, I, I know almost everyone would have experienced this. Have you experienced this when you see somebody you don't like coming or somebody you have malice against, you feel that whole thing that ties up in your tummy? Cross the road to the other side. You don't want to see them. You know how amazing you can be smiling right now. Somebody you don't like walks into that place and your whole system, your whole emotions. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this, right? If you want to also live a worry-free life, this is a free bonus for you. If you want to live a worry-free life, learn not to be too touchy about things. Let me just say that. I'll, I'll get there. But some of us can be so touchy. Touchy about little things. Someone passes you, they didn't greet you properly. Say me, me, am I wood? That people did not see me. How old I am? If not for, if not for Christianity, we, we've been in the same church. <laughs> Praise God. And you just have people causing you to worry over little things. You need to come to a place. Where you read your life of anxiety. Hallelujah. Come and I said hallelujah. Between husbands and wife. Every little thing is quarrel. I mean, the house is... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach a message. There are many messages I promised to people to teach. Don't worry, you're still in this church now. We're not going anywhere. At least we're still here. Like, make sure your phone doesn't ring again. Alright? We're still here. So when you're 85... And I'm 120, we'll still be here, still teaching you, so I can take my time to teach. Okay, you know, <laughs> you know husband and wife sometimes tell you what they quarry about. You wonder, like, are you two of you serious? Why are you not busy with your time? You know, I'm going to teach a message called Made in Heaven, Lived on Earth. Marriage is instituted in heaven as a covenant, but it's lived on earth. And for you to live successfully married on the earth, you have to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. Patience. One of the fruits uh, that is required to have a successful marriage is long-suffering. And there's no definition of that. It's just like that. Suffering and long. Add suffering in front. Put long. Uh, high suffering long or long-suffering. It's still correct. Wherever you want to put the long or the suffering, it will work. Because after the honeymoon, after the selfies, after the Instagram, you have to live with that guy that doesn't like washing his boxers. Yeah. And you know that can become an issue in your house. Oh yeah, watch the watch this thing. They say leave the boxers. It'll disturb you. <laughs> and here you are, raised by parents that will wash anything. You know, some people even when they wash the clothes and the clothes fall on the floor, they'll wash it again. Here you are a clean person with a semi-clean person. I didn't say dirty, it's just semi-clean. And you and both of you need to be happily married. Okay. What was I teaching on? Worry-free life. Because eh? some of you are just worried about that concerning your husband. Maybe this is a word of knowledge. Just take it for the rest of your life. You'll be living with those boxers. And enjoy your life. Are you following what I'm saying? Hello? Yeah. You know, people don't put their dirty pictures on Instagram. They only put the, up the makeup pictures. You know, one day myself and my wife were watching something. Okay? And... Um, I think a movie or something. And then I saw this lady got up from the bed in the, in the film. So I asked her, I, I thought this lady just got up from the bed. Yeah, but the face is spotless. Do you sleep with makeup on? But I realized that most times when ladies in the films they get up, they are clean. But you know when your wife gets up. Like, Lord, who have I married? 
Maybe that's how we should title that message. Lord, who have I married? Yeah, I think so. That's a better title. And I go, put something on, put something on, put something on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you don't mind kissing your wives with dirty mouth, not brushed in the morning. Say you want to express your love. And your wife is like, yeah, I express it from a distance. <laughs> okay, Philippians chapter 4. Verse 5. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Your gentle spirit. This is the spirit that God wants us to possess. Because listen, if you've got this hot, aggressive spirit, you would worry a lot about things. You'll be so anxious about how things are going to turn out. Human beings like control. They absolutely like control. So, when there's no sense of control, there's sense of anxiety. Praise God. Now, go to verse 6. <laughs> Interesting. Be anxious for nothing. Wow. Do you think this is possible? Be anxious. For how many things? For how many things? Look at this instruction. Two instructions you find in this verse that are very, very interesting is rejoice always and be anxious for nothing. And I tell you, those are some of the two most difficult instructions to keep. How do you rejoice always? How is it that you are not anxious for anything? The word anxious there is the word worry. Some translation uses the word worry. Let's read it from the Amplified. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. And the peace of God, that peace, verse 7, you can go to verse 7, which reassures the heart. That peace which transcends all understanding. That peace which stands guard over your heart and your mind in Christ is yours. He said this is the peace which surpasses all comprehension. People will not be able to understand how you are living a worry-free life. He says, but this peace will guard your heart and your mind. I want you to understand this, that most of our worries take place in our mind. In our mind. Those thoughts that the enemy brings to us that will constantly cause us to worry. Worry about the future. And I always tell people this. Let's read on. Let's just read on so that I can finish this, this, this verse. It says, And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good report, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So it gives us a framework of what to think on. And I always tell my single brothers and sisters this all the time. And I practice it. You know, most times when you gather, you're discussing marriage, and you're single. Sometimes the dominant conversation. Like, ah, there are no more faithful men. Men nowadays. Hey, man. Ooh, man. Hey, man. I just leave that matter. Man. You see, if that becomes your dominant conversation, what's going to start happening in your life? You're going to start getting worried. Will I find a good man to marry? Will I, and that's going to be what you fear most is what will not happen to you. The same thing with men. Sometimes, ah, all women want now is money. Ah, is money, is money. And that's not true. You know, and 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 and, and 
when I was in school, and you know, of course, young people always have that discussion. When we're having the discussion of marriage and everything, I had friends who expressed that fear. Ah, if you don't have money, you cannot see a good woman now. Hey, ha. Ah. And I always made sure I did not participate in those discussions. When those discussions come up, I'll say, you know what? The word of the Lord says, He that findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. And I mean, I'm going to marry right. I'm going to marry a good woman. She's going to be a gift. That was what I was saying all the time. I was never anxious of marrying a bad person. You know, I, I don't know, but God has really helped me in my life. I was never worried. Like, oh, you will marry somebody, the person will be bad. It was never a concern to me. It wasn't like I didn't have bad marriages around me. I had bad marriages around me. In fact, I had one beautiful scenario around me where the wife was always beating the man. You know, most of you are used to the man beating the, 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 the man beating the wife. I had a fantastic one. The woman <laughs> beating the man. Real, real story. And I never, I never had the fear that I would marry a woman who would beat me. I never, it never crossed my mind. Some of you say, ah, but the things I am seeing around, and I'm going to deal with that, sometimes it is what you look at that is causing you to worry. If you look at the Word of God, you observe that you have nothing to worry about. But if you keep looking outside, you're going to have things to worry about. Come on, are you here? So he says, think on what is true. Think on what is honorable. Think on what is pure. The worry-free life. Do not be anxious. Now go back to verse 6, please. It says, do not be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What is he telling us? Substitute prayer for worry. You see, the presence of worry is the absence of faith in God. You know, most times when you... I was thinking about this the other day, and, and listen very carefully to me. I realized that in life, you must decide to have joy where you are right now. You know, I had to speak to somebody the other day. I said, you know what? Enjoy your single period. Enjoy. When I mean enjoy it, I don't mean go and do funny things. But be relaxed in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you realize that when you were in primary school, come on, what were you excited and worried about? Getting to secondary school. Am I right? Come on now. When you got to secondary school, what's the next thing? Man, when I get to the university. And you got to the university. When you got to the university, what's the next thing? NYC. Ah, I want to serve in Abuja. You know, God, I, and I'm so grateful to God. You know things, there were things people were bothered about, and I believe that, let me say this, I actually believe, using my own life as an example, that when you are less worried about many things, you discover that you have those things come to you, and we're going to deal with that next Sunday, we'll look at Matthew chapter 6. I commit my life to God, and I'm rest assured, you know, my wife has all these, I don't know where she gets her stories from. Her stories are true. If my wife tells you a story, it's true. She's read it somewhere. But she has so many stories. I'm learning to preach like her now. So I'm telling a lot of stories. She was telling me a story yesterday night about... I, I think we're talking about this whole peace and worry-free stuff. And she was telling me a story that there was this um, um, pilot. It was, there was this guy who wanted to go and do a business meeting. And they, they couldn't find planes anywhere. You know, so he got, they got a private jet to pick him. So while the private jet was flying, there was a lot of shaking and turbulence and everything. But the man was like concerned about where he was going and what he needed to do. So he was busy. So when they landed, the person asked him, how was the flight? He said, yeah, it was a bit bumpy, but uh, I was focused on where I was going to. So the pilot now looked at him that, oh, I thought you were the instructor. <laughs> okay, so only one person got it. <laughs> what that means is that this guy probably was his first time flying or he thought that this was an instructor that was inspecting his flight. Do you know the feeling that man would have gotten knowing that the man who just flew you is asking if you were the instructor? I won't get into that plane back. It doesn't. You understand? But this is what I'm saying. This is why I gave you that example. If that man had known that this was a new pilot, are you sure he would enter the plane? So you realize that in life, if you know who has control, you would worry less. 
Some of you, it's like God is not in control of your life. So much anxiety. You know, people ask me, sir, what do you think of the future? I think the word. There's nothing. It can't turn any other way. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, when we're in school, people were like, where do you want to be posted to? Some said, I'm going to Abuja. Hey, Abuja. We're hitting Lagos. We're hitting Enugu. Father, we're praying. Prayer of faith. Father, I believe I receive. I go to Abuja. I believe I receive. Say, where are you going to? I say, anywhere they post me. I don't What's my business? How will you not walk it? Walk what? I can't go and walk myself out of God's plan. Of course, it wasn't this time that we have all this terrorism going on. And they're like, if you don't do anything about it, where do we post you to? I mean, I was not. I, you see, when I pray about something, I settle my mind and I live my life. Then the service list came out. I was posted to Zamfara State. I mean, they posted us to Zamfara 2005, 2006. Then Sharia was still strong there, very strong there. In fact, my mom told me, if you had prayed, you, I know you, if you had prayed, you, they would not have sent you to Zamfara. <laughs> and my mom knows I'm, I'm very strong-willed. He said, eh, so will you go and come back? Will I come back where? I, I, I'm not sure I went home after my wife. I stayed there. That's where I met my wife. I mean, if, for, if they didn't even pay me allowance, and she was the reward I got for serving the country for one year. Absolutely blessed. That's where I met my wife. When we came to plant the church here, Tayo was very instrumental to us planting the church here. That's where I met Tayo. Imagine. In the place, and when I was going, the Lord, actually, my, my heart, and, I, and I'm saying this to, to prevent you worry. When I was going to youth service, I told myself, I have not getting into any relationship. Because I know all those quick last minute relationship where people are trying to hook husbands before they leave youth service just to make sure that they don't go back home empty handed without a without ring. So I was not <laughs> in fact, I was the last person you want to get married to in youth service. I was very playful. Very, very playful. But when I was leaving, the Lord gave me a word. And he gave me the story of Jacob. And he says, you're crossing this Jordan. You return in two companies. In fact, when I got the word, it didn't cross my mind about marriage. I just thought about increase. So what I did to put that word to test, I literally gave everything I had, everything I had out to the youth I was pastoring then. And then I went to Zamfara. I went with just a bag of cloth. And then I was made the Bible study secretary and then the rest is history. The Lord. In fact, the Lord so blessed me in my service here. It was, it was awesome how God worked. But you know, I was never in this anxiety Ah, if this one year, if I don't see somebody to marry, I will not see any good person again. I will not see any good. Don't get into that. Some of us have strategized our way out of the will of God. And that's what is causing worry. God has control of your life. Live according to the dictates of God's word. Live one day at a time. When you look back, you will see that he knows how to fit the puzzle. The reason most of us worry in life is what? We don't understand how life is going to turn out. And I, and I had a philosophy. If you were putting too much pressure on me, I cut you off. I don't like pressure in this life. Because I've understood something about God. When the blessing of God comes upon your life, even the things that people had done 10 years ago, you will be able to do them in one month, in six months, in you know the thing about this life? When the blessing of God is at work in your life, things you thought you missed out, you realize that I can do them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, is that for someone here? I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, the word worry, let's define it. I, I really wanted to take this series this month very slowly with a lot of practical examples so that you get it. I, I, I don't want to rush the teaching because I know this is an area people struggle a lot. Take this scripture that we've read. That's why I'm not reading many scriptures. Take this scripture we've read and go back and meditate on it. All through this week, meditate on this scripture. Once anxiety starts coming, say, Father, I'm not anxious about this. I commit this thing into your hands. You know, there were people who were so anxious about exams that they even failed the exam before they wrote it. You know, there were people like that. Exam day, the whole barrier will be shaking. Oh, you have not written this kind of exam. 
Just come down. You are speaking to your hand. Come down. Come down. <laughs> Anxiety. <laughs> Do not be anxious. This is a command. Be anxious for nothing. Oh God, what about my future? What about tomorrow? And, and I was talking about the whole youth service thing. After youth service, people are anxious about whether they will get a job. Just as saying, I'm not entering labor market. I'm entering favor market. All those things is fear-based confession. From there, anxious about whether they will marry the right woman. Can, can you see that? By the time they are married, anxious if the woman will give birth on time. After two months. What? Nothing. <laughs> you know, when we got married, I told my wife, for the first six months, there's no pregnancy. Let's just enjoy ourselves. Let's just, at least, you got married and before you even know your wife, she's already pregnant. So you know her in the state of pregnancy in that, in that, that state. Legs swollen, especially if you have those blessed bodies. Legs swollen, ears swollen, tummy swollen. And your wife will be rolling like this. <laughs> to the right, to the left, to the right. Man, I can't tell you those six months. Calls. How far? Pressure. <laughs> and then you give birth to a child. Then they will not ask you, which picking? As if it's a cow you give birth to. Then you know, you give birth to girls. Then the pressure comes. What about a boy child? Who will carry your name? You know, children change their father's name now. Most of you are not bearing your father's name. So if your father has given birth to you because you have to carry his name, it's already a failed project. There are things I don't bother about. If my son goes up tomorrow and says he doesn't want to be a guy, guy, he wants to be a Caris, Caris, uh, Caris Brown. What's my business? Carry the name you want to be. I mean, I mean, there are things that ah, how will they forget your history in this life? Listen, if you live well, people will remember you. Stop putting pressure on children. Those things that listen. For you to give birth to a child just to carry your name is to trust in the arm of flesh. It's actually a curse. It's to put... You know what the Lord told Abraham? He says, I will make your name great. Look up to God for everything in your life. Forget about, ah, if I give birth, he will not bear my name. You, are you bearing your father's name? You have changed the name now. Some of you have names at home and names in school. In the house, you are something. In school, you are Cynthia. So when your parents come to look for you, they are dead. They say they, they didn't find you. Because your son name and your name in school is totally different. The, 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 the local name they gave you and the local father's name, you left it. Once you cross the water, you just left it there. You picked an English name. In school, you are Cynthia Brown. Why here you are whatever. So when they ask you which name, you not say, who are you? Say, which of them do you want to know? <laughs> the village version or the English version. And then start looking for a male child. Anxiety comes again. Worry comes. Every pregnancy becomes a worry moment. After male children, ah, let my child be a teenager. I don't want teenage issues. Anxiety again. Then when you finish, ah, they are not coming home to see me. If I die now, does it mean my children will not come and bury me? Anxiety. When you are dead, you are even in the coffin, you still have anxiety. Why did they put me in a wooden coffin? You know, <laughs> people are just bothered. So you realize that if you do not choose a life of rejoicing, every phase of your life will bring worry to you. You know, some people are bothered about getting old. You know, sometimes I'm talking with my wife, and she says, Oh, there are white hair in your head. I don't bother. Like, if all my hair turns white now, that's your problem. It's not my problem. Ah. <sighs> Oh, I'm not a young child again. Oh, another problem for anxiety. What is your problem? Are you following what I'm saying? Come on. Are we looking at scriptures? Be anxious for what? For nothing, including those white hairs you are seeing. Let them not bring anxiety to your life. Including the wrinkles you see. Including the things you think you should have achieved by now that you have not been, you have not been able to achieve. Do not be anxious. But in everything, by prayer, not by complaining, 
by prayer and supplication. With what? Thanksgiving. Learn to enjoy the moment that God has brought you. All the enemy does for some of us is to just paint a negative picture of something. And you know what will happen? It will cause us to start worrying. Let me give you the definition of the word worry. And then we can wrap up. Don't worry, we're going to be on this all the Sundays in this month. So make sure you're in church. Come with a friend. To, be, to worry in the Greek, it means to be anxious. To be troubled with cares. To be troubled with cares. Troubled with cares. To seek to promote one's interest. In the King James, it was used 19 times. But in Matthew chapter 6, which is what we're going to look at next Sunday, is used six times. It was used 19 times. But in Matthew chapter 6, um, chapter 6, verse 24 to 34, it was used six times alone in that verse. In the King James, it's used as take a thought, to take a thought 11 times, to care five times, to be careful two times, and to have care once. What does it mean to take a, a, a thought? You see, when the thoughts of anxiety start coming in your life, you have to either take it or reject it. Are you following this? When the enemy starts painting those pictures in your mind, what do you do? You reject those things. And you get the word. Why, why do I know that my children will live their teenage years blessed and not troublesome? Because I rely on the word. Great will be the peace of my children because they shall be taught, on the, taught of the Lord. I do not just even rely on my training them. And even if I want to rely on my training them, you know the scripture I stand on? Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he'll never depart from it. So I have to anchor every one of my aspects of my life on the word. So when those thoughts start coming and say, Oh, your child is going to be this. I respond with the word. Some of us are sick because we worry too much. We are worried. Ah, by this time, I should be doing this. But relax. You know, I tell people, sometimes things are not as bad as you look. It's because the enemy is always showing you the bad side. If you don't take the, 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 the moment to rejoice in what you have, you realize that you will always be ungrateful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you have jobs paying you 20000 25000 30000 and you're complaining, oh, in this Nigeria, how can so You don't realize that some people are earning 10,000. Some people are even jobless. You see, it is as you begin to look at things from the perspective of God's word that a peace will come in your heart. Worried. Anxious. And that's something we want to deal with in this ministry and in our lives. We want to deal with anxiety. We want to have a life that is zero free of any anxious thoughts. Because once anxiety starts getting into you, you know what it's going to do? It's going to make you do things you shouldn't do to get the things you shouldn't get. God has a plan for your life. Hallelujah. God has a plan for your life. You know, sometimes when you're living this way, it looks like you're not ambitious. No, that's not what it means. It means that we're leaning on the everlasting arms. We're resting in God. Hallelujah. Do not be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what is the first thing God will give you? The first thing God will give you in answer to your prayer is not by answering that thing. The first thing God will give you is peace. How is it that Daniel was able to stay in the lion's den? I mean, for some of us, if they told us they were going to throw... I, I don't like dogs. I've, I've stopped using the word that I fear dogs. But I don't like dogs. For a simple reason. They, they don't get born again. So There's no spirit-filled dog. You know? But... I remember I went to preach in South Africa one time. And this my my host. They had like these two big dogs. You know, most of the dogs we have here, they, I'll just say we call them dogs out of respect. <laughs> out of respect for them. But they're just those things. They're not dogs. Eh? See those dogs? Like when they open their mouths. Big dogs. Dogs that would... 
cost of training them can also feed a child. Yeah. They had like two. So we drove into the compound. <laughs> and the dogs were coming to welcome the <laughs> my host. So they said, uh, I should come down. I told them that, listen, there are many things in this life you cannot make me do. One of them is to come down in the midst of these animals. They say he will not do anything. I say no. The, the issue here is not what the dog will do. It's what I will do. I am not coming down. <laughs> they have to go and change them somewhere before I can. And every time the man say, let's stroll outside and take a look. I say, don't worry. I can see outside from the window. <laughs> you know, imagine if they were to throw me in the lion's den. I mean, I would die at the top first before I landed. God, the miracle God would need to perform if he's throwing me in the lion's den would be a miracle of resurrection. I mean, imagine being in the lion's den and you are able to sleep. What peace is that? What peace is that? And you can hardly sleep because a cat cried outside of your house. You have brought out anointing oil. You have brought out mantle. You have brought out olive oil. You have even mixed it with salt. Like, case, at least let something work. And you know, Daniel will just be looking at you like, do we serve the same God? What's wrong with these people down there? And then you'll be worried. Do you realize that even in the Old Testament, people had such peace with God that we are struggling to have now? How will God tell a grown-up man, leave your father's house and go to the land that I'll show you? And he took God on those words and he walked. Now, God is not even telling you to leave your father's house. God is just telling you, leave your house and come to church and you're not sure. How many of you know we need to recover this peace? Our life is so full of anxiety. Sometimes there's no difference between us and those who don't even know God. We are worried about the same thing. We are anxious about the same thing. We are struggling with the same thing. One of the marks of a believer is peace. An anxiety-free life. Praise God. Let's be on our feet. Let's just sing a song. I want you to just commit whatever it is. Whatever it is that is causing you anxiety. Whatever it is that is causing you issues. Let's commit it to God. Come on, guys. Just sing something to me. Thank you, Father. Oh, Shabandala Paso Telebrandos. I just want you in the next few minutes to just release whatever it is to the Lord and say, Father, I have this care. I have this anxiety. I have this thing that is bothering me. And I want to release it to you today. And I'm giving it to you not to take it back. Help me with it. Help me with the care. Help me with the anxiety. Come on. What a privilege to Come on. Whatever the burden is, let's lay it at the altar today. Whatever the concern is. Come on, church. What a privilege to carry. Come on. Everything to God in prayer.
Everything to God. I want to challenge you today. God's got your life in control. Yield to Him and trust Him. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. One of the greatest places I struggled with God was in the area of my marriage. And you know the way we're taught about the will of God. And I'm saying this because somebody needs to hear this. I was really, and I knew with ministry, you needed a good person to be able to succeed in ministry. And there was this girl in our church that I liked and I wanted to marry. We had an open relationship. People knew we were in a relationship. But then, at the point it was obvious. Parents, my parents, they were not comfortable with it. It was a struggle. It was a struggle. But I remember the night I went before the Lord and said, Lord, I'm going to let go of this relationship. I'm going to yield to you. And I trust you. And I said, you know what? I get into a marriage. It's not good. I'll hold you responsible. That's how I prayed. I didn't pray a fancy prayer. I just said, Lord, I'll trust you in this area. And I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm blessed. God has blessed me. But if there's one thing in my life, if you take away everything, if you tell me, Max, give away everything and choose one thing that gives you utmost joy and peace in this life, it will be my wife. And I'm, I'm not saying this for pulpit things. It's, it, it's, it's not just because, I mean, she's just an amazing and incredible person. And you know what? She spent all her life in the north. I spent all my life in the south. She schooled in Meduguri, Bauchi, Joss. The only time she came south, at least, was when her father was posted to Enugu very briefly. She was raised in the barracks as a military child. I was raised as a civilian. Our lives completely opposite. Completely opposite. I like being outgoing, I like being everywhere, I like people around me, she likes being conservative. See, but when the Lord brought us together, we became almost this perfect example. And that's for someone here today. You need to walk away from that relationship that's always causing you to sin. You know God's plan for your life. Or you're like, if I let this go, what will happen? That's why the Lord said I should tell this story. It's time to yield. It's time to say yes, God. Can I tell you something? What about if God says you shouldn't marry? Why do we get our lives so bogged down with these things? And I say this because there's a young person here that God is challenging. You know his plan for your life. You know what he wants to do. But as a relationship, you're finding it difficult. You know you should walk away. Why don't you cast the care upon the Lord? And say, Lord, you know what? I choose the way of the Lord. It's the way of peace. It's the way of love. Many times in my life when I come to that point of confusion, I cast the care on God. And I just decide, God, I don't care. Wherever you take me, wherever you take me, whatever you want to do in this life, one thing I'm sure of, God cannot mismanage my life. If I absolutely trust Him, He will sort things out. Hallelujah. One more time, let's sing it one more time and we're done. Oh, what peace we, we are in Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.